All right. We are up to Daf Lamid Amid Bays. Today's Gemara is very, very, very famous and very unpleasant. Probably one of the most famous Dafim throughout Shas is today's. today's. So the Gemara says like this The bottom of Lamid Amid Bays, Tanya. Rebbe Oimer Golavidu, Rebbe's uh, referencing, it's a famous Rashi in Chumash. <laughs> it's a Gemara. So Rebbe is referencing the fact that it says, Kabedis Avicha Ve'esimecha. When it says Kibra Ve'em, it says Av before Aim. But when it says Yira, it's Ish Imo Ve'aviv Tiro. It says Mom first. So when it comes to Yira, it's Mom first. When it comes to Kibra, it's Dad first, which is counterintuitive. It's the exact opposite. Is there someone just opening up the door on the top of the steps? Opening the closet? Is that a shoifer? Who's Mullah Shoifer? Oh, okay, fine, fine, fine. So the, the Gemara's... Okay. Oh, it's fine, it's fine. So the Gemara's kasha is, why is it that by the dad... Why is it by the dad, kibbutz is first, but by the mom, yira is first? It's the opposite. You're more yari of your dad, and you're more mechabed your mother. So the Gemara says that's exactly the point. Rebbe Oimer. It was known before Hashem, Sheben Mechabedis Ima Aviv, that a person will naturally have more covered for your mom than for your dad. Because the mother is usually more pleasant, right? Kibud usually goes with people that are more pleasant, and usually the mother is more complimentary and more pleasant to the child than the father. At least that's what I've seen. No, I'm joking. Kivit av, kivit aim. So I was like, what are you going to say? You're putting your mom on blast. The kids are, so the, the point is, therefore, HaKadosh Baruch Hu did the opposite. He said, no, kivit av aim. Understand that you have to mechabit your father as much as your mother, because you're naturally more inclined to mechabit your mother. The Pesach is saying, no, mechabit the father the same. And it was also known before Hashem Shabbat Misyari Ma'avav Yosem Imai, that a son is more naturally afraid of the father then the mother because the father's job is usually to get him to go to yeshiva and to be tough with him. So therefore you need the Torah to sort of equal it out that there has to be a yira, yiras aim, ish imo vav tiro, Okay. Tani Tana Kameder of Nachman, a Braisa is taught in front of Nachman. Bizman Shahad the Mitzairis of Vizima, if a person causes Tsar to his parents, Amrakadishparuchu, right? We said yesterday that there's three Shotfim by a person. There's a mother, a father, and Hashem. If a person causes Tsar to a parent, Hashem says, I'm glad I didn't have a relationship with you. Because if I had done, you would cause me pain as well. Meaning Tsar to a parent is Tsar to Akadishparuchu. A person causes his parents tsar. Hashem says, "I'm glad I wasn't. Uh, I didn't uh, live with you because you would have caused me tsar as well." Amr of Yitzchak. We'll run through today's stuff. Anyone who causes his uh, uh, does an avera in private, meaning so that you're basically saying you're not really worried about what people think. You're more worried about you're not worried about what Hashem thinks. You're worried about what people think, right? You do an avera in private. It's like you're pushing the feet of Hashem. It's sort of it's it's more of an affront to Hashem because he's saying, "Listen, I want to make sure nobody else sees." But Hakadosh Baruch Hu, nah, I don't care so much. How do I know this? The, the earth is Hashem's footstool, so Hashem fills this whole world. So if you do an aver in private, it's like pushing the feet of Hashem away. That's also the reason why you're not allowed to walk for Amis with your head held high. It's considered an act of gaiva to walk with a posture like this. And how, gaiva in front of who? The answer is, Meloi color is kavayda. Hashem fills the whole world. And for you to walk that way 
It's considered an affront to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Shnei Maloi Kol Eretz Kavoyde. Rav Huna Breder Rav Yeshua Loi Maski Arba Amis Begila Roish. This is, by the way, one of the sources that Yamik that the the Gro used to say that the obligation to cover your head is more of a minig. I mean, it's a minig that's in the skabel amongst Klal Yisrael, but it's not a chiyuv because it says Rav Huna Breder Rav Yeshua Loi Maski Arba Amis Begila Roish. Rav Huna Breder Yeshua would not walk down Adam without a yamaka, which implies that not everyone else was so particular about this. And he says, the reason for a yarmulke is because Hashem's presence is above my head, and therefore I need some sort of humility to remind me of that. Now the Gemara goes like this. The Gemara has an interesting shayla. There was a son of a widow, meaning his father died, and he asked Rav Lazar, If my father asked me for a cup of water, and my mother asked me for a cup of water, who do I uh, take care of first? That's interesting. He didn't have a father, so this is more theoretical than practical, obviously. But he's asking, if you have your father ask you for a cup of water, your mother asks you for a cup of water, so I have kivad ave'em. So who do I listen to? Because I have my father, have mother, who do I take care of first? So Amr Lei, Hanach kvaidimcha v'asi kvaidavicha, sha'at avicha, chayavim avicha. You should take care of your father because your mother is also obligated to honor your father. So you're obligated to honor your father and your mother, but your mother is obligated to honor your father. So therefore, go to your father first, because they both are mechavit. I have to get mechavit the father. By the way, just Agav, I've mentioned this story before. They supposedly say that the briskarov was like, I think Rav Chaim, Rav Chaim or the I don't know. Probably the story never actually happened, but they, they say that he was like six years old, and they quoted this Gemara, and they said to him, which one do you go first, the father or the mother? So he said, your father. He said, your father. So they said, but I don't understand. You know your mother's your mother. You don't know your father's your father. So he said, so I should be mechabed my mother by giving her a cup of water, in which case I'm accusing her of committing adultery. Great. So the Gemara says, so he says, so Balafnei Rav Yeshua, so they came in front of Rav Yeshua, Amr Kach. so again, he asked the same shayla in front of Yeshua, he said the same answer. Amr Rebbe, Nezgar Shemahu, what if my mother divorced my father? So now, the question is, you have your mother and your father, your It's interesting, you're going to see from the way Rav Yeshua responded, it's a weird response. Uh, we'll see. So he asked Rabbi Yeshua again, and again, it, it's a little. I think what's a little weird about this is that if it was just a halachic shaila, like an intel, not intellectual pursuit, you wanted to know the psak, you ask, you got your psak. Yeah, he keeps on asking as if it's like a very practical thing, but it's not practical at all. What's interesting is Rabbi Yeshua got himself, not didn't get himself in the trouble, but the whole story of Rabbi Gamliel. Yeah, but I don't know. Was because he he. He's still this is the story of Gamliel here. So they asked Rishua. So he says, they asked Rishua, basically, if my parents get divorced, now what do I do? So do I mechavit my mother and my father? So the, the psak is, you do whichever one you want. Like, you do the psak, is there's no specific order, because now you just have kibra v'eim. They're both at the same time. So he's a man shi'irza. But Rabbi Yeshua, is a weird response. The, the response, I, I like to think it was more like jokey at the time. The, look at his response. He says, he says, from your eyelashes that were thin, I, I see that your, your father died, and you've cried a lot. Meaning, you don't have a father, and therefore, pour water into a pitcher for them, and, and, and make, uh, make sounds like a rooster. Meaning, this is not a practical, Rashi says, this is, not a, this is not a practical thing. You're asking if it's practical, I know you don't have a dad. So, you could just 
crew like a rooster. Now, by the way, the answer, what he was saying is actually correct. He's saying you pour the water in the middle and basically whatever one you, whichever one you want, uh, do whatever you want. I, I'm assuming this was more like uh, not done in a sharp way. I, again, you have to, you can't apply our conversations to them. If you, if a person, if a son of Almana would ask a shayla about Kiv Ravim, my response would be like, hey, you don't even have a dad. I don't think that that would go over well. But uh, again, back back then, this was I guess that's more of a normal way to speak. So Darsh Ula Rabba Pischa de Benesia Ula said the following drasha at the house of the Nazi. Maidchsev Yeducha Hashem Kol Malchi Yaretz Kishamu Imre Picha. Oh, so the pasuk says the kings of the world accept the word of Hashem, meaning everyone acknowledges Hashem's greatness. Kishimru Kishamu Imre Picha because they heard heard the words of your mouth. Words meaning it sounds like there's multiple statements from Hashem. And then because there's multiple statements, then everyone accepts Hashem's, uh, you know, Hashem's d- d- dominion. So what, what, what does it mean, the multiple statements? The Gemara says, this is what it means. Maimer pichal in emer. It doesn't say the statement. Imre pichal, plural statements. So what does this mean? So it says like this. It's a strange thing. When HaKadosh Baruch Hu started saying the Aser Sadibris, the first two are which are related to Hashem, right? Anoichi, I am Hashem, your God. You will not have other gods. So when the whole world heard this, Amru Malach the nations of the world said, You see, all his Torah is just the honor of God. He doesn't actually care about anybody else. He cares about him. But then, But then, once, so therefore they weren't really reluctant to accept it so much. But then once it says, But then once he got to the fifth Asaris of and he said, To honor your parents, all of a sudden now, the covet, Hashem is not just interested in his own covet, he's interested in covet of others as well. Then they said, oh, you see, the first eight were also legitimate. So it's Shamru Imre Picha, because they heard the later statements, that gave credence to the earlier statements, that it's not HaKadosh Baruch who's just trying to, you know, make your life miserable, he's trying to help you. And that's why, because you have, you have that HaKadosh Baruch who was interested in you showing covet to your parents, and that, what does it do for him? The answer is that that's, that HaKadosh Baruch who's trying to make us better people, and therefore it's not just interested in, like, servitude. So the later statements of the Eser Sedebris made the earlier statements more meaningful, more impactful. Imre Ficha, that's, that's what it means. What the, always bothered me about this is the Yumos Aholim prepared the first two just as they did. Yeah, they, they, they heard, so, they heard. Who's to say Hashem said, you know, again, with their late sonas, who's to say, ah, Moshe made these up and not Hashem? That's, yeah, it's interesting. So the the Gemara says, Rava Amar. Similarly, a similar drasha mehacha. Roish devarcha emes. The beginning of your words are true. So it sounds like Roish devarcha v'leisayif devarcha. Well, only the beginning of Hashem's words are true, and not the end of His words. Everything's true. So the Gemara says, El mesayif devarcha nicker shiroich devarcha emes. It means they only recognize that His roish devarcha emes. They only recognize that His first words are true from His end of His words. So the first of the words they thought maybe true, maybe not. But once they got to kavod esavicha vesimecha, then roish devarcha emes. Then it was retroactively clear that those first commandments were also emes as well. Now, this next Gemara is a very, very famous Gemara. The Gemara says, this is Baumine Merav Ula, the Aser Ula, Arhechan Kibravim. There's a lot of kashas in this Gemara. The Gemara famously is going to find the source, Kibravim, from a guy who's not obligated in Kibravim. So it's a strange thing. The Gemara says, Arhechan Kibravim, how far do you have to honor your parents? So Amr Lahem, so I'll read the Gemara and I'll tell you the two problems of the Gemara. The problems are, and 
but the answers I'm not going to get to. But I'll, I'll mention the problems. They said he said you want to know how far Kibbutz Ravim goes. Tzuvaruma also oivik kechav mechab Ashkelon. There was a certain guy in Ashkelon, but Dama Ben Nesina Shemay, and his name was Dama Ben Nesina. Tamach has big shucham prakmatia. There was one time the rabbis wanted to buy something from the from Dama Ben Nesina, which we'll see in a few minutes. This was referring to buying a stone for the uh, for the for the for the uh, for the the kohen gadol, but they wanted to buy it. The shishim riba ischar with a profit, it would give him a profit of six hundred thousand gold dinars. Ha'imavteich munach tachas merushaisa shalaviv, but the key for the chest was under his father's head. And he didn't want to disturb him. Now, there's a, we'll read the Gemara. The, the, the problems of this is, first of all, you bring a raya from a guy who's not obligated to keep it him, so it's a strange thing. Number two, we don't paskin like this. We paskin that if your father's sleeping on a gold coin, on a, a key that would, that would net you millions of dollars, and you don't wake him, and then he wakes up and he says, what happened? You're like, ah, oh, they, yeah, they, they, they were going to offer you millions of dollars, but I didn't want to wake you. You have your Shabbos nap. Of course you get a very, that's not Kivravim at all. He's, what are you talking about? Of course wake me up, I want, I want the money. So even halachically, I think that's part of the point, is that you wonder how far Kivravim goes. This is, this is how far it'll go if you don't have halacha. But, but, the, but, but this is not halibid the hilchas. We don't pass like this. Also, dumb is silence. Dumb ben Nassin is also silence. He was quiet. He should have spoken up. Now it's interesting. The Gemara says, now let's hear the full, full version of the story. There was a certain guy in Ashkelon. The Rabbanim wanted to buy a stone for the Ephod. That would net him six hundred thousand gold dinars. Rav Kana Masi Shmoyim Reb and some say eight hundred thousand gold dinars. But the key was lying under the pillow that his father was sleeping on. And he didn't. He didn't wake him. Now, by the way, strange thing is like it sounds like the deal was off. It's like it sounds like by the time they woke up, it's clear from the story. By the time he woke up, the deal was over. It's like they found another stone. Okay. Part of the kashas on this. So the Gemara says, "Lashana Acheres." The next year, Nasan Hakadosh Baruch Hu Shcharei Hashem rewarded Dama Ben Nesina Shenod Leipara Aduma Veedroi that he had the golden ticket of having a Para Aduma in his uh, in his uh, herd. Nechus Lechacham Yisrael Etzay. So the Chum came to buy the Para Aduma from him. Amr Lehem Yodei Ani Bechem. So Dama Ben Nesina said, "Listen, I know Shemani Mavakish Mikem Komamun Shabayolam Atam Noisimly." There is no greater bargaining chip than having a paraduma. He said, I know that I can charge any amount of money in the world and you will pay for it because there have been only nine paradumas in the history of planet Earth. That's what the Rambam says. The tenth will be Mashiach. And, uh, the, so, and three of them were by Moshe Rabbeinu. So you're talking about there have been six since the time of Moshe Rabbeinu. This is a very rare commodity. So he says, I can charge anything and you'll pay. But... Uh, but all I want is the money I would have made if I would have woken up, woken up my father. Now Rav Hanina says, says, if that's the reward for someone who's not obligated, the reward for someone who's obligated. Meaning, you could look at it two ways. If someone's not obligated to do something and does it, is that greater than being obligated and doing it? I'll give you an example. Now, you could look at it two ways. The outside observer would assume it's a greater thing to do something when you're not mitzvah, right? If your wife asks you, take out the garbage, and you take out the garbage, you're not going to get a parade. But if you take out the garbage... And you didn't, and you weren't asked. That'll get more praise because you weren't obligated. So it sounds like to us 
Mitzvah is lower than Eina Mitzvah Vaisa. But says the Gemara, no. Adarava, it's greater to do what you're obligated to do. Why? Because you have a Yetzahara that's fighting. There's a certain ease to doing something that's nice when you're not being asked to do it because there's no Yetzahara fighting. But Mitzvah is greater. So Dom Benesina, who's not obligated in Kivar Vaim, which by the way, it's, it's a Shail in the Ramam. You see from this Gemara that Kivar Vaim does not apply to Goyim, although there's a sheet of the Ramam that Goyim have to keep, in addition to Shav Mitzvah, they have to keep all Mitzvah Sichli. They have to keep all um, uh, intellectually understandable Mitzvahs, which Kivar Vaim is included, but that's not for now, point is, they're not obligated to keep it of aim, so the Jewish people are obligated to keep it of aim, the reward we're going to get. Now, the Gemara says like this, there's a Shaila in the Amiroyim and in the Tanoim are blind people obligated in positive mitzvahs. Are they obligated to keep kima mitzvahs if you're blind? So says Rav Yosef like this, Rav Yosef was blind, I'm Rav Yosef. Meresh Havamina, Rav Yosef used to say, originally I used to say, Manda ma'averli halachik Rav Yehuda. I used to originally say that anyone who tells me that halacha follows Rav Yehuda, Rav Yehuda's shita is that blind people are not obligated in positive commandments. So he said, I used to tell people that if you say that we paskin like that, meaning Rav Yosef who's blind, everything he's doing is eno mitzvah, he would say, I used to say that was the best. Because I used to I would make a yomta for you. Because Rav Yosef is not obligated then, right? Rav Yosef is blind. He still kept all Tarmasis. And he was saying like this. If originally you would tell me that I'm not obligated, we paskin that a blind person is potter, I would make a big yomtiv. Because I'm potter and I still do it. I get more reward. But now but now that you tell me Rav Chanina says, but now you're telling me Rav Chanina says that it's greater to be obligated than not obligated, I want to be obligated. Meaning originally Rav Yosef said, I would rather originally to be not be obligated because I thought that was a greater deal, to not be obligated and to still do it. But now that I've heard that it's greater to be Mitzvah, now I would say, Now I want to hear the Halacha does not follow Rav I want to hear that I'm obligated in keeping Mitzvahs, because that's greater than not being obligated. And this is sort of, that shifted my perspective from before Rav Chanina to after. Now the Gemara says, just more in Kibar Ve'im, you know, how far it goes. Uh, about Dhamma ben Nasina, specifically in just Bakhlal Kibrabim. Kyasar of Dimi Omar, Pam Achas Hayulovish Sirkin Chilzov. It once happened that Dhamma ben Nasina was dressed in a gold, gold silk, you know, like a Joma type of thing, like a coat. And he was sitting amongst uh, the, the, you know, Choshevah people of Rome, the Romans. Ubasa Imai, his mother came, she was obviously a little deranged, whatever. Karasimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimim
But you get Oilam Haba, how so? So that was a reference that the a son had a mill that he would work in. Now, obviously, you never make your father work in the mill. That's not respectful. It's very, very hard work. But the, but the son, but the father was drafted to do work for the king, which was more laborious. So he sold, said to the father, I'll go to do that for you. You just work in the mill. So that's an example of you made him work in the mill, but it's Oilam Haba because you did it out of his covet to protect him from much, uh, much more difficult circumstances. So it's not a matter of what you do for him, it's a matter of how you do it, more so than what you do. The Gemara continues, Am Ravo, avimi bri, Ravavo said, Ravo had a son named Avimi, and he says, my son Avimi has fulfilled the mitzvah of Kivarim. He is an example of Kivarim. How so? Chamisha banai, samchi havilela Avimi b'chayavim. Avimi had five sons who were Rabbanim. Okay, so Avimi, so Ravavo is the grandfather, he has Avimi, and Avimi has five kids. So Avimi has enough people to take care of Avimi's, uh, again, Ravavo is the grandfather, then Avimi, and then Avimi has five sons. So Ravavo has five grandchildren who could take care of him. But the point of the story is we're going to see that Avimi himself took care of his father, and he did not allow anyone else to do it because of Kivar Avim. What's the story? When Ravavo would knock on the door, Ravimi himself would go get the door, even though he had five sons in the house, he would himself go get the door. And he would say, I'm opening it, I'm opening it until you get there. I mean, he, he wouldn't even just make the father wait, he would say, I'm coming, I'm coming, so that the person knows that you don't have to knock so hard, I'm coming, I'm coming. One day, Ravavo told Avimi, can I have a cup of water? When Avimi went to get the water, they had to go to the well, right? He comes back with the cup of water, Ravavo was sleeping. So instead of just putting it down, what does he do? He bent over and waited for him to wake up. And then, meaning he sat there waiting for him to wake up so that he had the cup of water ready. Now, while he was waiting, so a high level of Kivarim, while he's waiting, Avimi wrote a pirish on the Tehillim, Mizmala Asaf. While he was waiting, he had divine inspiration. He was able to make a drushes on Mizmala Asaf. I'm sure there's Kabbalistic explanations of why that Posak Tehillim, but that's the story of Avimi. So Rav Yaakov Arada would go to Yeshiva, and when he came back, his father prepared a cup of water for him, and the mother mixed the wine into the cup, meaning basically the, the mother is making wine, the father gave a cup of water, they're both offering, should he take it from his parents? Uh, on the one hand, you say, well, yeah, they're offering. On the other hand, using your parents is not the most respectful thing in the world. So while they're offering, you should maybe say, it's, you know, I don't, you know, you got to take from one of them. You're going to drink water. But the question is, should he take from the father? Or should he take from the mother? So he says, hey, what should I do? So Except from your father, don't accept from your Except from your mother, don't accept from your father. Don't accept from your father. Why? Your father is a Tamil Chacham. This is Rav Yaakov Baravua. This is Rav Avua. Don't accept from your father. He's a tamachacham, and it's not respectful to use a tamachacham. Rather, use a, your mom. Accept your actions from your mother than to accept actions from your father, because it might, it might over time bother him, because he's a big tamachacham. That you know, over time, it's a nice thing that he's offering, but you say, listen, you're the father. I'm good. And over time, that's a more respectful thing. The mother is fine, but the father, it's uh, it should be more careful. Now, the Gemara says a very famous, one of the most famous stories in all of Shas. Rav Tarfin Rav Tarfin had a mother. Whenever she wanted to climb into bed, if Tarifin would bend down and she would step on his back to get into bed. And whenever she would get off the bed, she would step on his back to reach the floor. So that's a very, very high level of Kivar Vayim. 
So also become shtamish beimedrish. So Rav Tarfin was once talking about his uh, performance of kivra veim in the base medrish, and it was a bederach praise. And he was saying that that's a very high level of kivra veim that he's doing. His friend said, "No, you haven't even reached half kivra veim." I think the reason given, if I'm not mistaken, I think in Yerushalmi is that Rav Tarfin they were afraid that if Rav Tarfin, uh, like, why are you blasting Rav Tarfin? You haven't even got to half kivra veim. Pretty good what he's doing. The answer is because they were afraid that if Rav Tarfin had already reached Kivavim, then maybe his time on this planet would not be uh, complete. Would be uh, would be done. He says, "Why?" I'll tell you. You know, a real Kivavim is you. you okay, she steps on your back. Okay, no, no. You know, what real Kivavim is if your parent takes your wallet and throws it into the trash, and you don't get upset. That's Kivavim. Until you get there, uh, you're not. Huh? He didn't do it with his father also, so that's half of Kibbutz Avraim. What do you mean? What do you mean with his father? Oh, interesting, half. Oh, I died like Adel Chatzim. Interesting. The Gemara says, Rav Yosef, Kiyav Hashem When Rav Yosef heard the, his footsteps of his mother, Amar Eikam Mekameh Shechinah Aseh, he would stand up before the Shechinah. This is one of the Mekaris, that you have to stand up for your parent when you come into the room. Amar Rav Yechanan, Ashrei Mi Shaloi Chaman. This is interesting. Rav Yechanan was an orphan. He was born an orphan. His father died when his mom was pregnant, and his mom died when she gave birth to him. So Rav Yechanan was an orphan his whole life. Rav Yechanan said, Ashrei Mishalichaman, happy is an orphan. Meaning, Rav Yechanan is saying is that Kivavim is a very difficult mitzvah to fulfill, and sometimes it's better not to have parents than to have the Nisayim. Now, obviously, I don't think he would say that if he had parents, because that would be very disrespectful to his parents, but he was born without parents. So Rav Yechon was saying, Baruch Hashem, I, I never had the Nisayim or Kivar Veim, because it sounds, like a, it sounds like a very difficult mitzvah to fulfill properly. The Gemara says, similarly, and Rav Yechon, the Gemara explains the background of it, where Rav Yechon's mother was pregnant, his father died, and she, gave, she died at childbirth. So basically, he never had parents, so he was speaking from, uh, from experience. So the Gemara says, though, V'chein Abaya, Abaya also, by the way, Abaya also never saw his parents. Abaya also was an orphan. So the Gemara says, wait a minute. Ha'amr Abaya, Amrli Aim, one of the most famous lines in all of Shas, is Abaya saying, my mom told me, Amrli Aim, my mother told me, my mother told me, my mother told me. He's saying he never had parents. I mean, he says, mother told me. The answer is, Ahimar bin Sahave. The answer is, that was his stepmother. That was a woman who raised him. And he called her my mother as kivra, like to respect that she raised him. She, he called him mom. Cool. So it's like, huh? She was a nurse, whatever. She was a person who, and it's interesting. By the way, just Agav is interesting. A, if you look at Ebenezer, in the first page of Ebenezer, on the side, they quote, they, they quote a teaching from the Chach Mashlover, Shlomo Kluger, that if you, if you raise a child, if you step, if you adopt a child, or if you're a step parent to a child and raise them, you makayim pruervu by adopting a child. What's interesting is that's where Shlomo McKluger said this. What's interesting is he himself was uh, was uh, uh, was adopted at a young age by the uh, the Rovin Posen, not Ruchi Vega, but another Rovin Posen. So it's interesting that he himself was uh, adopted as a child, and he's the one who authored that statement, the Mekayim Purva. But anyway, back to the Gemara. The Gemara says like this, uh, just a, a strange story, <laughs> an out there story. Ravasi Havle Imo Zikena. Ravasi had an elderly mom. Amrli Bina Tashitin, she said, I want jewelry. So Avila, he made jewelry for her. Bina Gavra, she said, I want to get married. Nailach, he said, I will look for a husband for you. Be'ina gavra de shaper kavosach. She said, I want a son, I want a husband that's as handsome as you are. And he said, uh, uh. 
That's when he realized that she's not well mentally. And Shavka Ba'azal Ardeis Yisrael. He realized that she had dementia and he left. Now, what's interesting about this, um, you, you, you see, by the way, Yakut Yosef writes this in a couple places in Hilchas Kivravim. Rav Yisrael Yosef quotes, it's Rishonim, it's Rishonim already. He says, You see from this Gemara, it sounds pretty like crazy that he's just leaving. You see from this Gemara that what if you have someone that cannot perform Kivravim properly, either because um, uh, the mother is not well mentally or just stop, they're fighting too much. So the Poiskim advice, I'm not saying actual advice, I'm just telling you what they say. I'm not talking practically to do this. I'm saying they say that the, the best thing to do is sort of just move to a different country, make sure they're taken care of, but if, if staying here is causing fighting, then that, that's not really helpful. I'm, I'm not saying to actually do this, but that's clearly what he did. He, he, re, he recognized when she was asking for a husband that's as handsome as him, he recognized, says the Tosiria Zakin says that he recognized that she's not well mentally, so he got her a nurse to take care of her, but he recognized that this is not something he could handle. And instead of being there and not taking care of her, which is Chsar Kivravim, he said, I'm moving to Israel. I'm moving to Israel. I'm moving to Yemen. So he says, Shabbat Kavazlar Israel. Shama. Now, Ravasi hears she's coming to Eretz Yisrael. Okay, so, now his kasha is once he moved to Eretz Yisrael, you're not supposed to leave Eretz Yisrael. His question is can he leave Eretz Yisrael to go greet her? Okay, so, Ravasi says, no, you're not allowed to leave Eretz Yisrael even uh, for any reason. So, I'm sorry, you're not allowed to leave Eretz Yisrael. So he asked him, he asked him, am I allowed to leave Eretz Yisrael? He said, no. Likras imamahu. What about, now by the way, it's interesting. Yeah, he went to Eretz Yisrael. I'm assuming he moved to Eretz Yisrael. There was a very famous, uh, there's a very famous video, uh, like famous as in like, I, like it's, been, it's been around a lot, where someone went to the Rebbe, the Babach Rebbe, and said, why don't you ever visit Israel? He never visited Eretz Yisrael. And he was pushing, he was pushing. By the way, you see the Gabbais. You want to see angry Gabbais. They were, they were losing it on this person because it's disrespectful to say the Rebbe won. And he was pushing. He said, you have to come, you have to come. So the Rebbe said, if you give me a heter to visit Israel and then leave, I'll leave. The Rebbe held that halachically. You see from the sugya, even visiting Eretz Yisrael, can say you're not allowed to leave. Obviously, that's not the Neskabal Psak. The Neskabal Psak is that if you move to Eretz Yisrael, it's a problem to leave. But if you visit, that's completely fine. So Ravasi probably moved. Point is, he's in Eretz Yisrael, he wants to know, can I leave Eretz Yisrael? Rav Yechon says, no. They said, what about Likras Imamahu? What about, I, I'm going to see my mother. My mother's coming, I want to go greet her and bring her into Israel. So I'm really, any day, Rav Yechon said, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Irtach Purta Haderasa. So Rav is waiting outside of Rav Yechon's study for a few minutes. Amar and then he goes back in to Rav Yechon's study. Amar Lei, Rav Yechon said, Asi, Nisratis Lotzeis, Hamakim Yachzen Lashalem. Asi, Meaning, uh, this is uh, this is Ravasi. Asi, I, I see you want to leave. You can go. You should go in peace. Meaning, he felt that the fact that he's coming in was his way of like showing that he really wanted to leave Eretz Yisrael because he wanted to leave Eretz Yisrael, and he's using the mothers and the seeds. He said, "You want to go? Hamakim achzin l'shalom. You should come in peace." Now, which part? The story's not over yet, but but which part? Meaning, he was waiting outside of the office, because Rav Yechon said, I'm not sure, give me some time. He goes back in, I guess a little prematurely, and Rav Yechon saw him at the door, and Rav Yechon understood that, or at least he felt, that Rav Asi just wants to leave Israel. So he says, Asi, you want to go? You can go. Meaning, you have permission, you, you can go. If you need to leave, you can leave. Now, Rav Asi, there's two ways to understand the way he said that. He could have been saying that in a harsh way, you want to go, get out of here. Or he's saying, listen, I see that you want to leave, if you need to leave, you get to leave. 
So Ravasi wasn't sure, is Rav Yechon upset with him? So the Gemara says, Ravasi goes to Perhaps Rav Yechon is upset with me because he thinks I want to leave Israel. So my said, what did Rav Yechon say to you? May Hashem bring you back to Bavil in peace. Don't worry. If he was upset with you, he wouldn't be giving you a bracha. So don't worry. He's not upset with you. Now, while he leaves to go to Bavel, and as he gets to Bavel, he hears that his mother had actually passed away and they were actually going to bury her in Israel. So he said, Had I known that she had already died, and she's coming to me, I, I wouldn't have... I Meaning he was leaving because he thought she was alive and he was going to go escort her and go take care of her. But when he said, had I known that she actually died, I, I wouldn't have... Uh, I definitely wouldn't have gone. But the whole uh, interesting story. Let's just finish up. You have to honor your parents while they're alive and you have to honor the parents after death. What's an example of Kivar of Aim while they're alive? Now this is not the classic example, but this is an example. Hanishma bedvar oviv l'makom lo yomashachuni b'shil atzmi. Maruni b'shil atzmi, patruni b'shil atzmi, elokul b'shil abba. Let's say you're in a location where you have a good reputation and your dad has a good reputation. They'll do a favor for you or they'll do a favor for your dad. Use your dad's name. Not to say use up the favors. It's more honorable. Like if you're going to go to like, you know, go to the restaurant and they like you and they like your dad. And you ask for a, for a special dish. You say, do it for my father. They're like, oh, of course, your father. I mean, it's another way of just having your father's name being mentioned in a positive way. Even though they would do it for you anyway, but mention your father's name. If you're more covered for your father's name, do it. Now, that's an example of Mechabit, his name while he's alive. Mechabit Bamos, okay, it said, what's an example of Kivar after death? By the way, uh, Rav Yosef Engel famously said that the Mekar of Kaddish, the whole Indian of Kaddish is Kivar of Achar Moisai. But he says, when you quote your father, you should not quote your father by his first name. Even after he passed away, you should not quote him by his just his name. Rather, you, you say, don't say Abba, like my father. You say, Abba Mori, my father, my master. I should be an atonement for his soul. Now, is said during the first year after they pass away, says the Gemara, that title of Hareni Kaparis Mishkavo is said during the first year. By the way, there are there were Rabbanim who did say this routinely of Hareni Kaparis Mishkavo during the first year. Although if you look at the Taz, the Taz seems to indicate that during the first year you could still say Allah Shalom as a Levracha. It's just Hareni Kaparis Mishkavo is an option. Other poskim seem to indicate that Hareni Kaparis Mishkavo is what you should be saying. Fine, but that's only during the first year because it means let his soul have an atonement, which implies that he's being judged and I should be an atonement for him. But after the year where Gehenim is already over, you say, you should say, his memory should be blessed for long life in the world to come. Just to finish up, a Chacham should change his father's name and his Rebbe's name. Meaning, you don't just quote your father's name, you say, Avi Mori, you don't just say, like, uh, give an aliyah, right? It's important when you get an aliyah, and my name is Chaim Avram. I don't say Chaim Avram ben Yehuda, it's Rav Yehuda. You give a title. You have to change the name because it's not respectful to say your father's name. So to a Rebbe, you don't say your Rebbe's name. You say Rav. But, Turgamon ain't a Mashama Loshim Av Loshim Rabbo. The translator didn't have to, right? The way they would give a shir is the rabbi would whisper and then the other person would say it out loud. The rabbi has to give a title to his father's name. The maturgaman doesn't. 
right? Because the Torah is not his dad. So Gemara gives an example. Avud the man. Now, whose father are we changing? Ilem avud the Torah Otu Torah Gemara It can't be the father of the translator because then he should have to change the name. Ella Amar Rav Shem Av Shalchachem Shem Rav Shalchachem. It means the father of the rabbi's name. What's an example? Kihad the Mar Baravashi. You have Mar Baravashi. So his father is Ravashi. So Mar is giving a shear. His father is Ravashi. Kavadarish Bepirka when he would give a shear and quote his father, he would say Abba Mari. He wouldn't say Ravashi, he would say Abamari. But the Maturgamon, Amar Hachi, Amar Ravashi, he would say Ravashi says. So a son should not quote his father by name, the Maturgamon could quote his father by name. The Gemara ends off, uh, uh, end with this. What's the difference between Kibud and Mora? Mora, Yiris Av, is Lo'omim Bimkami, you're not allowed to stand in his space. Lo'yeshim Bimkami, you're not allowed to sit in his chair. Lo'sosos Tvarov, you're not allowed to contradict him. Lo'machriya, you're not allowed to offer your opinion in a halachic debate as if to say, you know, like he needs your help. Kibud, that's Yira. Now, Kibud, Kibud of Aim is Machel, you give him to drink. Mashke, Machel, you give him food. Mashke, you give him to drink. Malbish, you dress him. Mechaseyu, you cover him. Machlisimotzi, you bring him in and bring him out. I'll end with this. There's a big shaila in the Rishon. If you look at Shuvah's Marik, has a whole Shuvah about it. Rukhi Vega has all the about it. You see from this Gemara, Kivar Vayim is actually doing stuff for him. You don't necessarily see from this Sugya, there's any Kivar Vayim to just listen to them. Meaning, you're going outside and your mother says, put a coat on. There are Rishonim that hold. I don't have to listen to you. Kivar Vayim is where it affects you. What, is it, what do you care whether I wear a coat or not? Rekhi Vegar says, even though it's technically Kivar Vayim, but it's Yiris Aim, because by not listening to them, that's a, that's a bizayon. There's a big shayla in the Rishayim of whether there's a Chiv Kivar Vayim on things that are not directly related to the parents. It's not in that list, perhaps for a reason, perhaps not. We'll stop here.